Hello, everyone, and welcome to issue number 74 of the Bad Caddy Funky Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the HBO hit show, Westworld. But first, let's see who's joining us this week. Tonight, we have TV's Casey. Hey! Jay's Mac. Hey, hey. And Doc Chris. C'est moi. I'll be your host for the evening, Booster Greg. Uh, this week, we're, as I said before, we're going to dive into HBO, science fiction, drama, Westworld. But before we do... There's a little bit of uh, nerd news that we want to get out of the way. So the uh, first thing, another tragic loss in the comic book world this week. Uh, Steve Dillon, 54 years old, comic book artist of the now acclaimed television show Preacher. He worked on the comic book for all 66 of its issues uh, alongside Garth Ennis. Um... A lot of people, I know I was first exposed to him on his Punisher runs, uh, Marvel Knights Punisher, Marvel Max Punisher, drew quite quite a bit, Punisher versus Bullseye, he drew Punisher when he was on the Thunderbolts, what else has he done, fair bit of stuff for 2000 AD, that's some Drudge, Judge Dredd progs, mm. um, Wolverine Origins he drew like 25 issues of, he was on that for a while. Did you say the boys? Really? He did not do the book. Did he? I thought he did. No. Mm-mm. Are you sure? No, that was uh, Derek on? Robertson. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but that's still Ennis. So yeah. you're half. I was half, half there, but Ennis is still alive. Living on anyway, now. the uh, the the industry has lost another real legend, and it's it's too bad. Yeah. Um, he will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, such an iconic look to his art too. Like I remember uh, this past summer before the preacher show came on, I just like binge read i would say 80 percent of preacher and it's just gonna be a shame we don't see this kind of stuff anymore yeah but uh now that we're down on, on a downer jason why don't you tell us some more bad news yeah speaking of uh dead people right I, it's probably too soon uh deadpool 2 is having some drama right now with um with tim miller leaving as the director um, not because he's dead. Not because no. he's dead. No, no, I should have. No, I should have cleared that up at first. <laughs> alive and well. Just gave everybody <laughs> a heart safe. attack. Um, <laughs> no, so he wanted to create a more expensive version of Deadpool in the sequel, um, and that's not how Ryan Reynolds wants to do it. And he just doesn't like his idea of having kind of like a scrappy, a scrappy movie, right? And that's kind of like how he won us all over in this. You know, it's more about. The writing instead of the actual you know features in the movie he wants to triple the budget to 180 million um, and ryan reynolds is just like no nah, i don't really want to go that route um so he left uh they're on the search now for a new director and what's really interesting is that there are actually uh petitions out there to try to have quentin tarantino uh direct this next one which Ooh. is interesting i think it would be really funny i think that he would basically just take ryan reynolds kind of attitude towards the first one and just run with it so i'm interested and see what happens i don't really think quentin's gonna take it over no he won't but uh i want to get your guys thoughts on it too although quentin tarantino did say i think it was when he was on the nerdist that like if it was the right character he would do a comic book movie but he'd want to do it his way yeah kind of leaves me like 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 you know quentin tarantino's way would probably just be like deadpool like sucking on a big toe for like an hour and then talking about <laughs> it. Um, people would still go see no, no, I would, I would still go see it. Absolutely, I'd see it twice. <laughs> uh, something we won't see, uh, which is what Tim Miller was kind of pushing for, is uh, Kyle Chandler from uh, Friday Night Lights fame. Uh, he was going to be uh, Cable, but not yeah, anymore. 
Oh. That sucks. Yeah. That's kind of a, a lame. But uh, I mean, like, ultimately, like, they, he left, they said on, uh, like, good terms. It was just, like, creative differences. And you can't really have Deadpool without Deadpool. So, right. yeah, ultimately. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds just throwing his weight around. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, speaking of throwing the weight around, we got news via actually an Amazon pre-order that they are going to be doing a actual, they listened to us, an actual PS4 remake of all of the Kingdom Hearts game in one classic bundle. Huzzah! So, so it's going to come out on March 28th of 2017. Um, it's going to, That's roughly two months after the 2.8 collection, so it might behoove you to wait a little bit. I don't know. Hmm. Um, the uh, collection will include Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, uh, RE Chain of Memories, 358 over two days, the HD remastered cinematics only, not the actual game. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, Birth by Sleep, and Kingdom Hearts uh, RE Coded. You can, like I said, you can pre-order on Amazon right now. It is only 50 bucks, 50 US dollars for all those games. By Grabthar's Hammer, what a saving. <laughs> 50 whole doll hairs. 50 whole buckaroo bonsais. That's for you, Casey. <laughs> That's for the freshly shaved Casey. You're welcome. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's going to be great. I've been asking for this for quite some time. They kept up being like, yeah, you get a 2.8. And I'm like, well, I want to play all of the freaking games before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, whenever that is. This also gives me hope that Kingdom Hearts 3 is a lot closer than we all initially anticipated. You're that much closer to being disappointed. Uh, that much closer to be. I, I'm going to be nothing but disappointed <laughs> with Kingdom Hearts 3. It's going to suck. A bar set astronomically high. Yeah. 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 And maybe they'll send us some... Maybe they'll send us some early review copies, or maybe they won't. Casey, what do you have to say on review copies? Well, it's a good thing it's not being made by Bethesda, Ooh. because they're no longer giving out any review copies. Oh, snap! In a story I definitely didn't steal from IGN, uh, <laughs> they, quote, uh, we will continue to work with media streamers and YouTubers to support their coverage, both before and after release. We want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our games at the same time. Hmm. So it's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, um, it it's interesting. Um, a lot of game devs are kind of viewing this as like unofficially, like the end of like the IGN era, where it's just like they get paid and they give Call of Duty's nine out of tens consistently. Yeah, even though it's the same thing, they will give the lesser known games like a more fair score. But it's like the overhyped games that will always get a good score, no matter what. And that's kind of a bummer. And I, I think that fans have realized that. And that's why outlets like, you know, BadCaddyFunky.com kind of kind of exist now. So it's a more fair, unbiased um, opinion on actual fans versus, I'm not saying people at IGN aren't fans or, you know, like the big guys, Kotaku, whatever. But they're certainly... Someone's paying the bills, and you always have to wonder. What you heard it here first, IGN. You're a bunch of sellouts. You're a bunch of <laughs> sellouts. Please watch our show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just uh, interesting. Like uh, like I've heard this from a couple devs, and now Bethesda is actually putting it into practice. Right? Hey, you're not getting a copy early of the game. I don't care who you are. So I'm. It's pretty good. You know, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Also, in a day where Twitch is the thing, 
like a day and age where instead of like waiting for a review, I can just like wait until launch day anyways and watch someone play it and see if I like it for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. I don't know. Um, uh, Jason, what do you think? So at first I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, you know, but I'm not going to be writing any articles on this. Well, maybe I will. But, um, you know, I think people like IGN and things like that would be super upset, um, you know, considering they're not going to have any sort of edge on anybody anymore. As far as any Bethesda games go, you know, I'm sure that the other developers are going to be able to release early copies to to the masses but um yeah I, I like this you know it is fair for everybody i think and to have that experience of everybody gets to enjoy it at the same time and nobody's playing it like two to three months early uh yeah. is actually kind of cool like remember when that you know happened with actual video games uh, right back in the day and like there wasn't all this hype around everything and there weren't all these like i don't know just like giveaways um it's just cool to have everybody experience something at the exact same time again yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, Chris, what about you? What do you? How do you feel in this matter? Um, you know, I understand it. It's a similar thing in like the music field where certain people like don't like it's like to release certain things in certain outlets. Um, it allows them to have a little bit more control about that kind of thing. Um, it I, you know, it it is cool to be able to get something early and be able to review it early, but. Um, with someone like Bethesda leading the charge or something like that, like Bethesda as a company has its own fans. So like if they release something, people are going to buy it. They don't necessarily need um, any extra push to a lot of stuff that any more than their normal, um, their own kind of press releases and their own commercials for things mm-hmm. will happen. So I don't, um, I think it's interesting. I think it will level the playing fields uh, a little bit. It's an interesting move, but I, I, I don't think it will affect them negatively. Interesting. Because all I know is like when I was looking on um, IGN and all these other sites, they were just like, yeah, we can't have a review because Bethesda, evil Bethesda, limited us on our review copies. And like I feel like every other article I looked at on that site was just like, we can't do this because of Bethesda. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, okay. How dare you play a game because it looks good, not because you got a free copy. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't know if they're not like, so let me rephrase it. I don't know if they're not doing review copies or if they're not doing early copies. That, I don't know. If they're giving the game for free or not. I don't know. Gotcha. But it's not early, which is what's important. Yeah, there it is. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, so that is all the nerd news that we have to get out of the way. Uh, for the issue 74 guys stay tuned as we dive into HBO's Westworld Westworld debuted earlier this month and has earned itself a praise that is reminiscent of the early seasons of Lost. Loosely based on the 1973 film of the same name, Westworld invites us into the world of a technologically advanced theme park where those who are fortunate enough to afford the cost of admission can do whatever they want with no judgment or accountability. This week, we're going to dive into our favorite mysteries presented up to episode number four, because that's all we've seen. That's all that's out thus far. And give our own theories on what could be going on. And this week, to kind of start off the whole conversation, we're going to start with Doc Chris. 
Oh my goodness, the Westworlds. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, Rockstar could not have released a trailer for Red Dead Redemption <laughs> in a more timely way. Right. And at the same time as a popular HBO show that takes place uh, in a kind of Wild West theme area. So uh, for those of you guys that actually don't know, like Greg said earlier, um, what Westworld is is actually a theme park, a high tech theme park where people can pay to spend some time uh, living out kind of a Wild West fantasy. And the interesting thing here is that a lot of the characters and people that we see are actually basically like robot hosts um, that aren't real people that you can interact with, um, you know, uh, kill, sleep with, torture, whatever the heck you want um, with no with no consequences. Mm. So all your your dreams of running around, you know, uh, a Grand Theft Auto world digitally can now be fulfilled in reality um, with things that you can actually uh, touch and truly interact with. Murder toys. Murder toys. Yeah. It's like it's super interesting, right? Because what we're presented with is it's indistinguishable between the hosts and the the guests or the what do they call them in it? They have a certain term. Newcomers. The newcomers. The newcomers. newcomers. Yeah. You can't tell the difference and they play it up on that with um, and by the way, guys, uh, spoilers coming. Spoilers. Uh, there's robots know, in do. this show there's robots <laughs> um, but I, I guess so I was listening to a couple of podcasts on the subject as I was driving to and from work and one of the ones I was listening to one of the girls got um, review copies <laughs> of, the sh- of the show four episodes to be exact early and I guess what they were saying is there's a huge kibosh on not letting people know that Cyclops is actually a robot in it which is interesting because they reveal it in like 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes is like, yeah, hey, guess what? He's a robot. So, yeah, that kind of that weirded me out at first because uh, the beginning, the whole show kind of this begins with uh, James Marsden um, riding, riding a train into town. Yeah. Um, and he gets off and, and, and notices a woman and he, he follows the, the woman home in terms of they have a past. And they get back to the homestead um, where her father has, is being attacked by bandits I mean, he tries to stop them. The milk and, um, bandits. The milk bandits. <laughs> really oh creepy. Uh, and he ends up getting killed. And this takes place like the first, like the whole story play. This whole story takes place in over about the 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm watching it and and James Morrison gets killed. And I'm like, is that is that the end of the first episode? Is that is that what happened? Good and then Teddy. all of a sudden, next thing we realize is that the next scene, he's back on the train and we realize, oh, this this whole is this whole thing is a loop, yeah. um, and he's kind of caught in this 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 story loop. You thought they were remaking Westworld, but they were really remaking Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Looper, and then oh. Bill Murray showed up, and uh, there was a it was, it was weird. <laughs> it was very weird, Bill Murray. Um, what's interesting. About the, the milk bandits while we're on the subject real quick. Um, did you notice that one of them, actually the, the main guy, I would say the milk bandit, I can't remember his name, is actually um, the crazy guy from Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, no. Trevor? Uh, Trevor, yeah, he's Trevor from <laughs> GTA Five. His name is like Steve Ogg or something like we that. We keep going back to Rockstar, man. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's just... It's funny because I was looking at him. I was like, he looks familiar and I couldn't place it. So I looked it up and on IMDb, he's not one of the first cast members you see. So I had to do a little bit of dig- digging and then it was like, oh, yeah, I just don't recognize him because he has hair. But he's still crazy. So I thought that was cool because there's a lot of um, going back and forth between 
you know, critics and everyone between Westworld and like video games and how people treat video games. And that is ultimately kind of its purpose, right? Like it is a real life video game. It's gaming just with robots and people, which is cool. I mean, if you look at how everyone kind of plays it too, you have um, people like the, like you, I guess the the newcomers, like the new newcomers, which just kind of like go through and they go, oh, they're, they're so cute. They're so lifelike. Oh, he's so handsome. But I want the I want the bad ones. That's what I want to go for. Like those guys right in the background. Uh, they're like the new guys or the newbies. They don't know what they're doing. But then you have like uh, Ed Harris's character, the man in black, where he's just like murdering and he gets shot and he is not phased. And he's going through what he considers to be the quote unquote real game. Um by being just like a not a nice dude. So you kind of have this like escape escapism kind of going on. Um, but what's interesting is they never really tell you where Westwood is located. Right? Westworld. Westworld. I say Westwood. <laughs> yeah. Westwood's in Massachusetts. That, I know that. A- <laughs> they never tell you where Westwood is is really located. Somewhere be somewhere near Dedham, I think, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, Westworld. Uh, they never tell you where, where it's really located. It's it's somewhere in existence, and they let you know that the like control tower. It's not virtual reality, I don't think. First of all, because that's the other big thing is people think it's a it's not an actual park. Uh, but I think they debunked that in the first episode because I heard that theory quite a few times. Well, hmm. if it's if it's anything like the similar island with dinosaurs, then it's probably on some kind of. Is it purgatory? Don't say it's purgatory. It's not Dana, purgatory, man. West world. <laughs> it's probably on like Isla Delos or something. Oh god. Some some privatized what? island that's locked off from all of humanity. That's some right. people think it's on Mars. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um I, I don't heard that it's not on Earth at all. Yeah. Super weird. I don't know if that would be a good payoff though. Like, you know, they have this whole build up and they're just like, hey, guess what? It's on it's Mars. It's also on Mars. You know, Isn't that dope on Mars? It's a fucking cool. Disney world where you could kill people. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> Instead of like saving humanity, it's like, nah, just Disney world. Just really. Isn't that the plot of that M. Night Shyamalan movie? Oh my God. When it was like, oh, they were, they were just in the uh, current yeah. time the whole time. Yeah. And then I oh. saw I, the village. I saw that. That's yeah. the name of the movie. And um, <laughs> I figured it out right after I heard Sigourney Weaver's accent. I was just like, they're in modern times. That is the worst accent I have ever heard. There's no way she actually thought that was a passable accent. She's <laughs> acting as if her character has an accent, acting like it. It's <laughs> And everybody in the theater was pissed at Greg. Yep. And then they were like, right. well, they were more pissed at M. Night Shyamalan for putting out that crappy movie. What's hey, he up? has a new movie coming up, by the way. Yeah. Quick off what topic. Hmm. It's with um, James McAvoy. Ooh, I'm really? scheduling us to see it, by the way. So <laughs> oh, I hope you're. Man. Yeah, that movie Devil, that was pretty good. Devil he was all right, a... but he didn't direct that. He produced it. Oh, well, that might explain a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's this I new like one. It. It's called Split. It's uh, James McAvoy plays a guy with like numerous split personalities that kidnaps. Oh, so think, think of like um, Cloverfield Lane, but James McAvoy instead of John Goodman. And crazier, and three chicks instead of one. I don't know if you could be crazier than John Goodman in that movie. He, was he thinks he crazy. is an old British lady, um, a, a nine-year-old, a monster, and something else. And he jumps between them. <laughs> Anyways, split personality, and all of them are Abraham Lincoln. 
<laughs> are they doing a what are they doing is it a fucking robin williams biopic <laughs> oh, no, listen. You get you get the old woman, Mrs. Doubtfire. Can't. You get the nine year old boy, Jack, the monster. Oh, wow. and I just hide you, Casey from the overlay. One and hour. No more Casey. Hooray! All right, he's back. I thought your comment was endearing, Casey. Well Thanks, done. man. <laughs> All right. So, um, when do we think Westworld is? Ooh, future, future. The I'm not so the distant future. future? I would say the days of future past. Days of Future Past? Yeah. Back would it, would it be during the Age of Apocalypse? Maybe. <laughs> Age of Ultron? No, oh. I think it's, it's yeah, I think it's the future. Because that uh, dank 3D display that they got going on there, the gigantic, like, war room in the middle. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, like, 3D diorama of what's going on. Yeah. 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 I, I want to say the future. I, I don't think it'd be too crazy in the future, though. I mean, like, you have, like, what that stupid Microsoft thing that they never, like, unveiled. They unveiled, but they never released it. What was that called? The oh, deck or whatever. Yeah. That, that kind of looks like what they have going on there. Kind of. So, it could be not too crazy in the future. One thing's for certain, um, when I'm watching this show, I feel like there's two. Um, I, I can't give it a, a definite year, but there's, there's two or three different times to keep in mind in terms of the life cycle of this park. So you have when it first started, where you have like these glitchy robots that are kind of like they can dance, but that's about it. And like maybe serve drinks. We're talking um, crazy bear jamboree, Disney style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the five, small like, world. Your Chuck E. Cheese fair. Yeah. Uh, Welcome um, to Westworld. I'm the old prospector. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's what I think. I think of like uh, Splash Mountain from Disney World. That's what I think. Oh, yeah. the first iteration. Brer uh, Rabbit. Brer Rabbit. Yeah. That thing's that I love that ride, but it's it's not politically correct. Mild, mildly racist, actually not mildly. mildly. I wouldn't even say mildly. Like severely, it's it's, it's severely. Um, <laughs> uh, but then you have um, the the, and I don't have a time for this again. But you have what they refer to as happened thirty years ago, uh, and then you have well, now. So we we know that the park isn't older than Anthony Hopkins' character because he created it. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but He's we also John Hammond. Yeah, yeah, we also don't know if um, Ford, which is Anthony Hopkins' character's name, Ford. We don't know. We are assuming Ford is a human. Like we're we're in Cylon territory here. Like anyone can yeah. be a robot. Yeah. Anyone. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say Ford's human. You want to say Ford's human? I'm gonna call Ford's human. I don't know about Bernard. Bernard. So. Let's let's talk about it for a little bit. So yes. things that we know about the past mystery, we know that Ford started um, the whole park with uh, his partner Arnold. Yes, and the two of them kind of came out with uh, with this idea of creating the storylines and giving all the the hosts and the characters in the park this, these AIs um, that they to make them seem more uh, to seem make them seem more realistic and, and more interactive. Hmm. Yeah, I mean and that, that's a huge reveal too. Like when we first like. Jumped into episode one. We didn't know Arnold was a thing. We I just thought that like he made it all. Like he was like the the James Cameron with Avatar, where he just sits down and plops on a computer and just makes the whole movie on <laughs> one single computer. Um, <laughs> but when you really like when you start diving into it and you start looking at it, you're like, man, there's no way that he could like actually do all this stuff. And they reveal that there was this gentleman named Arnold who he was creating it with and just mysteriously vanishes in the park one day, like dies under mysterious circumstances. Right. Hmm. That's what we're led to believe. Um, 
and that's and when. Uh, well, then we have also have Bernard, who is kind of currently, if we go back to right. current time, Bernard seems to be working directly underneath Ford um, as kind of his right hand man. Yeah, who seems to may have taken on a, a lot of that responsibility. And he's very in like he's very independent of Ford until Ford shows up, and then he's just like a lackey all of a sudden. Because he's he was a very strong character. He actually it looks like he might have his own agenda, kind of going on. Hmm. Uh, he does some weird stuff. He does some really weird stuff. What I want to um, I was thinking about this on the on the way home actually. When episode one opens up, it's Bernard questioning. Um, Evan Rachel Wood's character. Dolores. Dolores. Mm -hmm. I was going to say DeLorean. I always say DeLorean. DeLorean. The DeLorean. Uh, then we go 88 miles an hour. We go back to the past. <laughs> and that's when James Marsden ends up back on the train they already, again. They already made a Western of Back to the Future. Oh, goodness. The time loops. <laughs> the time train. It's because they Maybe. saw it today and they made it yesterday for tomorrow. Uh, Maybe Back to the Future 3 I'm really took place up. in Westworld. <laughs> he only oh, thought he was going in the past. He's really in the future. <laughs> Anyways, so in the beginning, um, he's questioning Dolores about you know, like just like to make sure that she's op she's operating per normal. And then you go through the whole episode, and you kind of see you know Teddy, who is uh, James Marsden's character. Teddy's a robot. He's He's pretty much fated to die. He dies twice in this episode, right? Or yeah. Once? Yeah. Yeah, he dies twice. And that's not the only time he's ever going to die. Um, so you kind of reveal that. And it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, like the, the typical handsome square-jawed hero type is just, just dies all the time. Just that's his Over role enough. is to die. Um, almost like the Kenny of South Park. Right? <laughs> oh, that's really clever, actually. That's that's what he is. I don't know. Yeah, hmm. Thank you. Um, so uh, one thing to know about the host, you know, uh, where we have uh, Teddy and Dolores, is that every time the uh, the story resets, they actually have their memory wiped. Yes. So what's so, supposed to happen is the, they they die or or the, that storyline ends and it starts over again. So picture Groundhog Day where you're Bill Murray, and ev everyone else just resets to the way they were. That's the ultimate goal of this, which is interesting that people don't get sick and tired of it. After a while, like it's super expensive to get admission to this. I feel like it's just multiple times because of how expensive it is. It's probably like a once in a lifetime thing, but not necessarily so because we have um, the man in black who is yeah. played by Ed Harris, who is referenced that he's been coming here for 30 years. He, ma he makes his own storylines, that guy. <laughs> he does. He does. But that that is kind of the cool thing, right? You see, Colors like even the lines. even in the mm. first episode, you see the nuances of how these things can play out. Because you have what hundreds, if not maybe close to thousands, of robots kind of going around doing their own thing, and guests can just interact with them. So if you play their loop without any guests showing up or any newcomers showing up, they just play the same thing over and over and over and over again. But it's it's us. It's the people attending that make it different. So, for example, in a standard scenario with Dolores and Teddy, uh, D Teddy gets off the train. He goes for a drink, gets approached by a horse, says, nah, I don't want to pay for it. And she goes, he, she goes, honey, you're paying for it anyways. I'm just more honest about it. Then he sees Dolores come out. She drops the can. He picks it up and goes, don't mind me, just trying to be chivalrous. And they go about their adventure. Ends with pretty much everyone dead and Dolores raped. That's how that story ends. But... If someone intercedes, 
Teddy on the way, Dolores just goes on as normal and maybe picks up another newcomer or branches off that way. So there's these weird like story branches you can kind of see happening throughout even the first episode, which is super cool. Like if she, she goes back to the barn and she's alone, what happens then? Well, Teddy's not really there to save her. She gets raped anyways. I feel bad for Dolores sometimes. Yeah. She so does not have a good end of the day. So the interesting thing, kind of where we get part of the story here, is that while the memories of these hosts are supposed to wipe each time, uh, Dolores and actually uh, another character, uh, Dolores's dad, another character, Maeve, uh, who plays kind of the 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 head madam prostitute at the uh, the local bar. By the way, by the way, yeah. Did you know her name was pronounced Tandy? Tandy. Yeah, it's her. The actress's name is Tandy oh, Newton. It's was, not Fandy, like I thought. Tandy? It's Tandy, like oh. in uh, Last Man on Earth. Like a Tandy, tandy bike when you yeah. have two people? Yeah, a Tandy bike. Or like the River <laughs> Sims. I just thought that was interesting because I had been calling her Thandy Newton since like Mission Impossible 2 or Trevor when she was in. <laughs> I've been wrong this whole time. So You've been there wrong. you go. Very wrong. Dead but we, wrong. Uh, we start to realize that some of these hosts are actually starting to remember, um, are starting to remember some of their past. In, the in Reverie. To, yeah. The Reverie. Yeah. So that's kind of... Uh, they start to notice. They think it's actually a glitch in the software, um, but uh, as it goes on, it, it actually we one of the mysteries is we find out it, it it may not actually be a glitch. Yeah, it's weird. They uh, they get triggered. One uh, was it Dolores's father, uh, Mister Abernathy, saw uh, a photograph of somebody standing in Times Square, and that like set him off. And they had to go deactivate him and throw him into the the cooling chamber, which was really strange. That like the cooling chamber. Yeah, I guess that's what they call it. Or it's a, a people cell. refrigerator. It's yeah. a people refrigerator. It smells terrible if the if the cooling goes down. <laughs> and that's like where Anthony Hopkins or Doctor Ford, whatever you want to call him, that's where his main office is, I guess, right? Or that's where he kind of hangs out through like the sea of bodies that of just like defunct robots. It's super weird. Um, but they're starting to get their memories back. Right? I think they're having member berries or something, and. uh What's happening is they're starting to kind of bug out. And what's funny is that there's like a symbolic fly that lands on their face when things like that happen. And I was like, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's interesting. So they, the, just like in iRobot, right? These, these, not the movie, the the classic literature, Isaac Asimov. Um, and even, I guess you could say in the movie too, um, you have that, those rules where the of the park where the robots can't harm the people right the robots can hurt other robots the people can hurt the robots but the robots can't hurt the people um they can try though they can try all they want but they can't hurt the people and if uh, a person or a newcomer is in trouble around them they have what's called the good samaritan programming which means that they will do their best to make sure that person ends out alive and well so they'll take a bullet for them if someone's got about to get their throat slashed they'll jump in the way of the knife uh, if you're about to get like run over by a horse-drawn carriage, every robot in the area is going to try to save you. Or the horses, which are also robots, are going to get out of the way. So it's the only wow. way you could possibly die in Westworld, it seems like, is if you jump off of a cliff. Hmm. Of which and there even are then, quite a lot. That is true. There's a lot of cliffs. But I wonder if like all the robots would just pile and make a robot like cushion. <laughs> <laughs> like... Lemmings. Like lemmings. Like lemmings. all jump off. <laughs> yeah. Make a giant pile for you to jump into. Or they all jump off and grab each other's ankles and form like a rope, a rope bridge <laughs> a of some kind. Like a barrel full of monkeys? Like a barrel full of monkeys. 
A barrel full of robots. <laughs> it's a new game. Count it. That's great. That's great. Um, but everything in this world, except for the newcomers, is controlled, right? They even say that. We even see a cool scene with Anthony Hopkins controlling snakes with his hands with using Jedi mind tricks. Um, and it's the reason that, why it's I, in the I, same I, facility I, that they host Hunger Games out of. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like Hunger um, Games meets Truman Show. Yeah. Dude, that's why Ed Harris is there. He's pissed. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and and BT circle. from Hunger Games is Bernard. That is true. Oh, yeah. 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 Can we just yeah. say James McAvoy again? Because I feel like I like this full circle thing going around. James again. McAvoy? Like oh, man. We if just only need to bring it back throw to Throw him McAvoy. in. Just throw him in there. Why not? He's, why not? he's a thing. He exists. He exists. Um... The reason why I bring that up is because they made a big point in episode one to say that Dolores would never harm a fly. And the last scene, which is super unsettling when you first watch it, is a fly lands on her neck after all these glitches. And he started, she started to become self-aware, stuff like that. And she swats it, right? She kills it. And you're like, oh, my God, now she's hurting flies. What's next? Us? Probably. But then I thought about it. The flies are also probably robots because they said they control everything in the park. Hmm. I don't think so. It would not be nearly as dramatic. Right, but the, I, I don't was. think they were thinking about that. I think cuz I think it's a later episode where they say that they pro, everything is controlled, everything. And yeah, if you if you watch episode 2, it feels almost like a reboot kind of. Like it doesn't feel like a full con- like it seems like they got the pilot and then all of a sudden we have these new characters and they're just like, "Yeah, hey, they've been here. These are the real Let's guys." Let's throw the coils in there. Yeah, yeah, that's super weird. Speaking of like the milk gang, the McPoyle <laughs> kid, like just reminds me of milk so much. It's so gross. <laughs> I can't think of him in any other way than being a even in, even in House of Cards. You're like, when's this guy gonna drink some milk for crying out loud? Yeah, <laughs> and then when I go back and I watch the movie Loser, and I'm like, all right, what's the McPoyle kid gonna do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the role, I know him as a, the role of a lifetime. Oh. I know him as Mary from uh from Psych. He plays this really creepy character. Ugh. Where he's his name is Mary. Oh god. <laughs> he's just the most awkward character ever and it's it's ruined him for, for everyone. But he was really good in House of Cards. Hmm. Um What was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. I had a point and I don't anymore. Um uh, uh-huh. so uh, the the end. So um we know the beginning of the of episode one, it's Bernard going through Dolores's programming sure she's okay. But then it happens again, but it's not Bernard saying the lines. Did you guys pick this up? This is, I picked yeah. this up the second time I watched it. Um, it was the security guard, and his name is escaping me right now. But this, the head of security is the one actually saying these lines to her, and she's repeating them. We'll exactly call him Hemsworth. Hemsworth? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, repeating them exactly the way she did the first time. So I kind of thought afterwards that after the second time I was watching it, that Bernard was coaching her through the process because hmm. he's been nothing but supportive of her being self-aware and he's been fascinated with this process and trying to see where it goes. Um, we see throughout these first four episodes that he has these secret meetings with her. And what's interesting is when you have the actual meetings with uh, one of the hosts, they're naked and sitting on a cold chair and it's this really cold environment. Everyone's just crowding around and it's very dehumanizing when bernard meets with dolores she's fully clothed she's in like a place that she feels comfortable in it's nice lit it's very reminiscent of like a room that would take that would be in westworld and actually he keeps her accent on and he like very rarely deactivates her 
or puts her into analysis mode, but like he does when she gets fascinating. Hmm. So it's almost like he prefers to have these conversations with her and wants to see where this goes. Um, I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on that or are you guys doing the glasses thing? God damn it. What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So I got a theory about, I have a theory about Bernard. Yeah. So I believe, and I'm going to call it right now. And um, if I'm wrong, I'm going to, I'm going to admit my own, my own wrong doing this. Do you guys think um, Mr. Krabs is a robot? <laughs> I oh, do God. believe Mr. Bernard is a robot. No. So I believe. Oh yeah, I do. No. So I believe that okay. Anthony Hopkins' partner, yes, Arnold. Yes. I believe that he, before he went, I believe uh, he went missing, or if he even went, really, truly went missing. I believe he uploaded his consciousness into Bernard, a host who hasn't quite figured out that he is that he comes from someone that's real, hmm. and that's what he's slowly kind of carrying out Arnold's wishes, which is basically to create true artificial intelligence. That is that can think for itself uh, on its own, and that he's kind of slowly um, influencing a lot of the hosts in there. Interesting. That's what I think we're going to find out. That is my theory. Colin. See, I think the man in black is Arnold. Ooh, huh. he's been well, going to that park like, for thirty years. He's going to that park for thirty years, but he does have a life outside of it. Like he gets approached in episode three or four, and some guys like, "Hey, like I know whatever, but like." You, what you did help my wife's and then he gets cut off and then Ed Norton's just like or Ed Norton jeez Ed Harris is just like finish that goddamn sentence I slit your throat myself I'm on my fucking vacation man and just like walks <laughs> away <laughs> so he's like supposed to be I guess in the real real world this like this like saint of a man and like everyone really looks up to him and he had, he's probably like a like a philanthropist of some kind, right? Wikipedia, like, there's a, the entry on Wikipedia says he's um, like a big shot medical, like chief of a medical company. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's not surprising based on like well, that dude's reaction and the fact that he has enough money to come here for 30 years. Yeah. Like they say it's $40,000 a day to wow. come to this park. Do you think yeah. he won like a um, sweepstakes? Sweepstakes, or he's, or he's he a, coupon. Uh, a benefactor a coupon. of some kind, right? <laughs> yeah. I think if Maybe. he were his partner, he wouldn't be looking for the uh, the maze, you know, the deeper level. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But, like, and also, I mean, you, you could have Chris's point, too, where he just doesn't... Maybe he is a robot and he doesn't know. Because in the original um, Westworld, it was... What's his name? That was the... The man in black was actually a robot, right? Yul, Yul Brenner. Yeah. 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 I know you saw that. But there were um, there was no question about him being a robot. Like there wasn't a mystery there. He was just a robot. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it, what's interesting too is about that first scene where you have the man in black and Teddy. You kind of figure the man in black's the robot if you saw the movie. Right. Not true. Right. Not in this one because it would be, it would be uh, Teddy is the robot, but. In any case, I thought that for a while maybe Arnold is the man in black and he's going through and that it's Ford who put the maze in the in here and he's trying to figure out what's going on with the maze and why it's there. Hmm. Um, I don't really know that ultimately. I, I just feel like in my gut that I don't like the Bernard is a robot theory. I don't know why. Oh, I like it. Uh, it's also weird that know. he knows about the uh, the deeper level game as well. Yeah, that's weird too. When he puts uh, Dolores on the track for 
the maze. Yeah. Um, which actually brings me to my theory. Like the like, I don't care who Arnold is ultimately. Like that's not something I'm super vested in. What I love is the thirty year theory, um, where they say that this is what happened thirty years ago and now cleverly cut together to make it seem like it's one storyline. Yeah, the, they there's a oh. there's, there is weird jumps in time because they talk about like. I think it's the second, either the first or second episode or the second or third. They talk about that they have been operating for a few months um, since they cleared out the kind of the original bugs that we see in uh, episode one. Yeah. So it seems like time has just, it's like the next day. But in reality, like quite a lot of time has gone through. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's one of those things, too, where you have like Evan Rachel Wood's character, for example. Um, she has a gun and the gun ends up looking really new in one scene and then really old in the next. And then she like pulls it out of a haystack pretty much. And it you keep on following it and it looks like it's the same exact gun. I'm not like a gunsmith or a gun connoisseur, uh, but they do look the same. And the fact that you have these weird gaps in time and like sometimes someone's wearing something slightly different um, has definitely been interesting, especially with the host. You can't tell if they've aged at all because they're robots and they're always wearing the same thing and they're always doing the same thing. Right. So the big theory is in episode two, we were introduced to uh, William and Logan, who are buddies. And it would appear that William is about to marry Logan's sister or is involved with Logan's sister of some kind. And they're just going through it as a hurrah. Almost seemed like a bachelor party to me uh, kind of thing. Mostly because I feel like Logan's just trying to corrupt William. I think that's the whole like gist <laughs> of it. And it, it's really cool. And it goes back to the video game um, thinking behind this whole Westworld thing is we've all had it. Logan is like the vet player and William's the noob. And you actually see it a lot where like William's like, oh, I want to go do this. And Logan's like, nah, you don't want to do that. That's stupid. That He's a Stupidness. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that leads to stupidness. You don't want to do it. And then they 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 actually do a stupid like one of quote unquote Logan believes it's a stupid bounty hunter mission, right? And um, it ends up this guy says a name and they just like shoot him in the head. He goes, "Dude, this is the best Easter egg ever. We got to do this. This is like what we want to do." Like and like I know when I I play um, Diablo, like when I was playing Diablo three with some of my buddies who had already run through it, they were just like, "No, you have to run this way." And I'm like, "But I want to kill that over there." Yeah. Like, no, you don't want to do that. It's a you waste never of time. go for the critical path. <laughs> <laughs> but it has that like reminiscent feel of like you know buddies gaming essentially. But also, the the Logan William dynamic is pretty much ripped straight from the movie. Um, oh, I heard that. The yeah. the two main characters in that who are played by. James Brolin, father of Josh Brolin, who weirdly enough looks a lot like Christian Bale, and uh, Richard Benjamin. Benjamin plays sort of the naive first-time newcomer, and Brolin is like the uh, relaxed veteran who's like, yeah, I've been there. It's like, use the holster, you know, use the one without the straps. Makes it for a quick draw, like, you know. And, uh... Yeah, it's playing on the same kind of thing where it's it's like a been there, done that. You know, you got to try this, forget this. I like that it's fallen into the similar parallels, but I mean, you know, you you look at an episode of an HBO show and it's already an hour long. The movie's only an hour and twenty minutes. Right. Yeah. So, like, one episode of this show gives you the full scope of pretty much everything that there is. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to how much more they expand it too. 
Well, so the theory that I really like, too, if you think about the 30-year theory, right, where you have William and Logan, they're kind of, like, doing their thing to begin with. And uh, Dolores just does kind of, like, mess, you know, just kind of, like, they interact in a little bit like that. Um, I think also maybe if the Man in Black is not Arnold, he's William. Hmm. That's a really good point. I've just like just started thinking about this. We're like, all right, maybe he is like, you know, trying to find his old friend, maybe, or trying to find like an yeah. answer to something like that, and that's why he keeps coming back. Or the other or like, thing is too. Um, look at how the Man in Black first interacts with Dolores, or not first interacts, but interacts with Dolores with the can when Teddy is is taken mm-hmm. away, or Teddy can't be there to stop the can. He does. And he says, sorry, Dolores, not today. I got things to do. And he, she looks puzzled. He walks away and she goes about her day. Um, William does a similar thing. Like he, and I guess like anyone can do that, right? Like anyone can stop that can. It doesn't matter. That can's going to go. And if Teddy's not there, it's going to be a member. But I feel like he has a similar relationship with her where he's fascinated with her. He's like is going out of his way. Like he, they pal around for a little bit too. Hmm. You know, oh, now, Matt, I feel like you just told me Santa Claus wasn't real. <laughs> like, that's a really good theory. Yeah. yeah. Just, just pulled the lid off of everything. And what we're actually <laughs> seeing is you. the uh, de-evolution of William into the man in black because he starts out as a white hat. He starts out as a good cowboy. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, that's a pretty good one. Oh, and man. like, remember when he got shot for the first time? He went flying. I've yeah. never seen like we saw them. The only person we've actually seen get shot up close was is the man in black, right? Well, the man in black before that. Um, you will yeah. believe a man can fly. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was um, it was Teddy who shot him, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. He's just like walking through Superman style, per Casey's point. And he like here, I'll help you, son. And puts the gun to his head, and he's just like, go ahead, do it. And Teddy can't fall through his knees, whatever. But like the the difference between that and like when William got shot, or I'll call him Billy because that's what like Logan keeps on calling him. And he hates like, it. Come on, Billy. He's like, don't call me that in front of Dolores. God, I like her. <laughs> but like that whole he goes flying back, and you see that like people can get shot in Westworld. But they don't die from it. And they don't get critically wounded. It's like a almost like a paintball gun. I yeah. guess like a pellet of some kind. Uh, which is weird that that hurts the hosts. Yeah, like yeah. fatally. Like how how weak is their skin layer that that thing just shoots right through? Or does the gun determine it's not it's a host and not a person and actually fire a real bullet? I feel like that's what's the what the case is right now, and then that's going to open yeah. up for some severe stuff later. Where yeah. somebody's gonna find a way to ignore te- that rule. The technology in the movie was pretty weird too, because the guns were like battery operated, but they were heat, right? I heard yeah, like they they, they sense they could sense heat. So if you aimed at a uh-huh. robot, you could fire and hit it. But if you aimed at a warm body, or, or I guess anything that wasn't living, like there's a part where a guy shoots a mirror, it'll it won't fire. Um, but weird. Yeah. Good, good question. Well, it could totally shoot my computer right now because this thing is pretty warm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So it's, it's like that's my favorite theory right now that William and the Man in Black are one and the same. 
and that um, he's been going here for 30 years. I don't know why. Something must happen 30 years ago that really messes him up, that he wants to go searching for the maze and wants to go find this deeper layer. And it could just be boredom. It could just be like he he doesn't want to leave this world or can't be gone for too long of a time because he's grown attached to the world, the Dolores and everything in it. So he just feels compelled to come back year after year after year or and being you know, month a total after month. psychopath. He has well, he's not really that big of a psychopath, though, uh, compared to a lot of the other people that are there. I mean, he scalped a he scalped a host, you know, that's not for a weird. purpose, though. It yeah, like, for, it wasn't like he he's just like, I'm going to go scalp hosts now because fuck it. Why yeah, not? He really had to bleed <laughs> three liters of fake blood out of him, though. Yeah, <laughs> that, had a, that had a real practical. So use. here's the thing about the man in black, too, where um, in the first episode, it's implied that he rapes Dolores. I don't think he actually raped. I think he did something kind of worse. Uh, I think that he might be responsible for a lot of the glitches that's going on. I was going to say. By his presence being there. Because if he's a consistent. So if if robots, he might not be maybe not doing it on purpose. But if robots are starting to remember their past lives. And he's been going there for 30 years. They're probably going to remember him. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if that's kind of like uh, it's something the reverie glitch in and of itself doesn't mess with someone. It's them remembering something or seeing something they shouldn't be seeing that triggers it. Right. Like the photograph, like the photograph with the father, just like a or even or stuff song. like you're you're told that you're not real. Right. Being told you that you're not real spasm or uh, what was that line that the father said? These violent means will have violent ends or something like that these violent pleasures whatever that sentence too seemed to trigger something hmm. and that sentence started with the dad right because he was a villain with Abernathy. like they get yeah. repurposed which is weird yeah huh so that's really weird uh, and that's the only time that we'll actually have a, a way to gauge time is who gets replaced when yeah Right, like the dad got replaced, so now we know if we see the old Abernathy, we know that it's a pastime, or we know if we see Tandy Newton's character, uh, Maeve, if we see her not as the queen of the hookers, it's the past, <laughs> right? It's thirty years in the past. Um, there's also a time they they played some, they're playing some dirty poker with the timeline too, like there's a point where William goes in the bar and. Maeve isn't there, but they conveniently made it so that Maeve got replaced for like 10 minutes. Remember when they thought she was freaking out and they replaced her with the other with the other one for like literally like 10 minutes, I felt like. (laughs) And then they brought her back. That point was when William came into the bar with Logan. Oh, wow. So it's just like, come on. I'm trying to I'm trying to make sense of this, guys. You're not supposed to. That's half the fun. I know. I know. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's really all of this this contemplating its thinking and stuff that makes Westworld fun to me, right? Like these theories, and that's what I loved about the about the first couple seasons of Lost. Like, what is a smoke monster? Why is there a goddamn polar bear on a tropical island? I that don't had know. a man in black in it as well. Uh, yeah, it did have a man oh, in black. Oh yes, in it you're well. right. Yeah. <laughs> They're both God linked through there. Uh, I'd lose my shit if Terry O'Quinn showed up in this show. <laughs> oh man! Um, I don't know if you guys—I don't know if you guys noticed, but the bar 
Um, did you yeah. guys notice some of the music that you hear in the bar? Oh, it's so anachronistic. I love it. Listen, yeah. can, can oh. we just talk about the music in the first episode that's the Western version of Paint It Black? Heck that was yeah. so cool. Oh, my uh, God. And before that, we yep. actually had um, the Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. Watch up- Washway They're In. Yeah, and there was another one that I didn't. I looked it up because I wanted to see what else there was. Uh, there was Radiohead's "No Surprises." Yep, as well, which is um, not accurate for the show at all. No, no, no. <laughs> it's chock uh, full. One really cool thing, uh, actually, the the theme song. Actually, the composer who's uh, that that actually wrote the theme song and is uh, actually head of the uh, the music department for the show uh, is this name man named uh, I believe it's Raymond uh, Jawadi. I'm doing my best to actually say that. Um, and he's actually scored a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of popular things, including uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Pacific Rim, and Prison Prison Break, and Warcraft. Wow. Interesting. So that's why it's a very kind of similar, uh, very similar theme song to uh, Westworld and Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah, it's just like man, that painted black scene. It was awesome. Oh, that was so cool. Just like a cool fucking scene and i so i love there's a character we haven't really talked about and it's the writer of westworld the guy <laughs> whose job it is to plan out all of these yeah um what's his name sizemore yeah so the he, he plans out all these storylines he probably has like interns or or other writers underneath him um and ford shits all over him and ford literally <laughs> just just like nah i don't want to do that <laughs> Uh, but like what's cool is like he was getting ready he goes oh my god this is the big speech it's great it's gonna knock your socks off and then he's chills and then the fat guy the overweight middle-aged white guy with his like bitchy kind of looking wife is is just like shoots him in the neck before he can do this big speech <laughs> he's just it like, was no. kind of awesome he's so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> just crushed you didn't but, they build it up so much you knew that that would that you were not oh, gonna man. hear the speech like you knew and it the beginning of the speech happen. was so terrible <laughs> I was like, I can't remember what it was, but I remember being like, oh, this is not going to be good. And then just out of his misery. And they take, sh- they take pictures, souvenir pictures with the corpse of the robot. Oh, yeah. It's just like in, in the in the old timey coffin standing up. Let me put the hat on. Hat. Oh, yeah. man. It's so cute. Uh, it was really messed up. <laughs> um, but but kind of to, to Jason's point is this guy's job, Sizemore's job is to, I keep on thinking of Tom Sizemore, which is like a completely different looking dude. Uh, but his job is to come up with, write all the story arcs, figure out all of the intricacies of what could happen in the story, and come up with new stories as well. What I found interesting is he came up with, what was it called, like the Blood River or something like that, like yeah. this weird, uh, the Odyssey of the Red River, Red Rum, whatever. Um uh, Ford immediately kicks it down. He's just like, nope, this is not good. What's fucked up is you see those same robots working on Ford's expansion yeah. next episode. <laughs> it's like some of the same robots. So he was probably <laughs> like, I need those for what I want to do. You can't do what you want to do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of kind of brings it up to, can Ford be trusted? He, we know he's doing some fucked up things. So what yeah. do you guys think? I don't trust Ford at all. Um, yeah. Real quick, too, what's really funny about that particular scene when you see them kind of like in that little farm with a like gigantic auger that's like ripping up the uh, the terrain. Um, he's talking to Teresa, who is like questioning Ford the whole way through, right? She's kind of challenging him. 
on his stance and like on his on his psyche. Um, I feel like one of the hosts came by and filled up her wine glass and they filled it up to the very top. And I just started cracking up. I thought it was the funniest part of the whole episode. They just kind of ignore it, but they use it as like an effect because that auger is ripping through and they use that to show like how, I guess, powerful that machine is that's running through. I yeah. just thought it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ford, shady dude, like shady as all hell. At first, the first episode makes you think that he's actually not that bad. He's like the Geppetto. Of this place, right? It's I would say the Willy Wonka, the Willy Wonka, mm. but he, he doesn't do the the, the flip, the tumble. He'll eat your synthetic kidneys with some fava beans and a nice uh. candy. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as we get to know Ford more and more, we realize that he's kind of he's he's a little selfish. He's flawed. He's probably doing a lot of this stuff on purpose. Sociopathic. He's he's, just, he's either a really smart dude. Or he's not a good programmer, and he people are probably like now starting to realize it. Where he's like, "Yeah, I totally created all this stuff." Yeah, and now they're like, "All right, now do some work," and he does it, and it just messes up the whole park. And then he like stops for thirty years, and then he does it again. It's just like, no, stop. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do this anymore. But anyways, he has ulterior motives. Obviously, what do you think those ulterior motives are? He's gonna take over the Commonwealth for the Institute. Fight the Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> God damn it, Casey. Listen, they have the same machine to make them. Don't tell me you didn't notice that. They do. I noticed that. It's the big ring and they dip them in milk. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody really likes milk. Whoever's making this show. That's like... Hood. Hood yeah, is making the show. Sponsored that kind of makes you think of, of the milk gang, though, right? Interesting that they chose milk to use as that liquid and not like water or alcohol or anything like that. But it's milk, which is... The same milky substance that they use to create these things. Hmm. So maybe on some subconscious level that they they know that. Yeah. They realize that. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, the bum, milk, bum. the milkman conspiracy. The milkman. <laughs> that sounds way less intimidating than when you put it like that. Yeah. That sounds like a really bad band name. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> or Nicholas Cage movie. Or a level in Psychonauts. <laughs> All of these acceptable titles. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but Ford, right? He also has that moment with um, Bernard's lover. Yep, Bernard has a lover. That's right. Um, where he sits her down at the vineyard where you, she used to go as a child in Westworld. And mm. then destroys it pretty much right in front of her. It has this like weird power struggle kind of thing where he tries to depower her and um, you know makes her feel like she's out of loop with whoever she represents and does all these things. And he's like, oh, by the way, this is all gone. This is going to be my new thing, which is like, what is it's the white chapel, right? That's his new storyline he's building. Yeah. This weird white chapel thing, which I still think is. So what if, what if this happens? What if everything that is happening is actually with uh, Ford is actually 30 years ago and Ford has been dead for 30 years. And every time we see Thor, it, Ford, it's actually from 30 years ago. Hmm. I don't know. See, like they're playing loosey goosey with these timelines, and I don't know what to think anymore. I feel I like that do. might be a lot for for the average, not three people sitting on a podcast <laughs> analyzing it <laughs> meticulously, kind of an audience to, to stomach. Everyone has been doing this though. This show begs to be analyzed under a microscope. Yeah. It just does. 
You know what I mean? Like like the way they shoot it, the way it's presented. It's um it's Jonathan Nolan that's like behind this too of Nolan Brothers fame. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I've always I've I feel like shades of like interstellar in it too he wrote he wrote memento didn't he that's like the most watch it out of order movie also the prestige the prestige oh yeah and actually that's been a big thing of some topics too is what if they have a prestige have you guys seen the prestige yeah yeah okay i just want to make sure i just want to make sure so spoilers about the prestige if you haven't seen it now you probably weren't gonna see it so i'm gonna spoil it for you right now uh we follow christian bale who is actually plays twin brothers no, you got to back. Wait. Yeah, no, we you're don't right. follow Christian Bale. We, yeah. are, we follow Hugh Jackman, whose rival is Christian Bale. Who is twin brother? Close enough. But they're twins, <laughs> is the point. Yeah, the twins. Yeah, we find out they're twins. And, and, and Hugh Jackman finds a way to clone himself. Yes. Which is like awesome. Oh, yeah. David Bowie as Nikola Tesla makes a cloning machine. Would you like <laughs> multiple Wolverines in you? <laughs> <laughs> Batman versus Wolverine, and Alfred and Lucius Fox are there. <laughs> Shit, man, you're right. Wow, I know. Uh, but like, what if that has that kind of ending? What if we find out that Bernard is really a robot on Mars? You know, like, uh, will people feel cheapened from that? What if the Man in Black is actually William, and it's thirty years in between? And watch, watch. I, I present this theory now, and then like this week, it like William and the Man in Black go, "Hey, how you doing? I'm William. I'm the Man in Black. How you doing?" They shake hands, and it's like, well. Here's my. Here's the newspaper. Here but then is you find out license. it's really just a very convoluted simulation of him talking to his past <laughs> self. Oh God, it's gonna be then some they, weird Serpico thing. He's gonna forget who he is entirely. They oh, flip God. off the screen, and then the credits just says "fuck you, Greg." At the end. <laughs> <laughs> Greg figured it all out, so we had to change it with this last thing. Now we're in lost territory, and we don't actually know what the smoke monster is anymore. Sorry. <laughs> I like how much uh, how much power you have over HBO. Yeah, <laughs> all the power. They're sending well, Anthony yeah. Hopkins to your house now, and he's just gonna watch. No, you for not the Anthony next Hopkins. Eleven. Unless weeks. he's gonna read me a bedtime story, I feel like I'd be okay with that. Greg, can you hear the screaming? <laughs> not that way. God damn it, Casey. <laughs> there is no other way. It's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Well, uh, Evan Rachel Wood um, did a. She did an interview today. I read it on the the old Huff Post. Oh yeah, um, Huff Post. Yeah, on the on the Huff Post. She's like, episode five is kicking this thing into high gear. Episode nine's gonna have you in tears, and ten is gonna blow your goddamn mind. Goddamn, and, and that's season two. Everything has been set up since the beginning. Oh, I'm happy about it. I'm happy there's a plan. I just like that even the actors are jazzed about the story. That you know they're not really yeah. phoning it in. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it is a great story, you know. It, Either way you put it, even without any theories, without anything like that, it's a it's a great science fiction. What makes a person a person? Story. Yeah. Right. Is it the fact that we are biologically made from other people, or is it something more? Like or milk. Or is it irrelevant? Like, is it milk? It builds strong why? bones. Mother, <laughs> mother's body milk. good. Mother's milk. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not Mad Max. Before we jump into the secret question portion, I want to. I just want to ask you guys, like. Are you digging this show so far? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm, I'm into, into it. it. Between um, this and Stranger Things and Black Mirror, I'm like, I'm I'm trapped. I have to catch up on Black Mirror. The I best not television I've seen in years. Yeah, I hear good things about the new stuff of Black Mirror, so oh, yeah. I'm really excited to jump into that. Um, 
What's one thing you don't like? Uh, episode four was a little bit slow. I fell asleep twice yeah. trying to watch it, and I totally caught up <laughs> probably you know 15 minutes before this podcast started. <laughs> um, but I think that's just me being tired and lazy as well. No, it it definitely didn't move. It didn't move. Um, it didn't add anything new to the story. It moves a few things forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it overall, it didn't. There was very little wow. Yeah, I agree. Um, except the end. Uh, except the except end. the end. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it. I don't like it. This this isn't a uh, a commentary on on the show itself, but I don't like how lazy like the the park janitors are. <laughs> like the people, the cleanup crew. Like they're just really they left a bullet inside of Maeve. That's the a most realistic bullet. thing yeah, about this true. entire experience and this entire TV show is lazy janitors. <laughs> lazy janitors. That's they what makes it believable. Be yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you had me in the 30-year theory up until you I, you told me the janitors were really good at their jobs and they got every little detail. <laughs> yeah, then you lost bullshit. me. That's not That's a future I want to live in. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's just like a, like a photograph of Times Square. Like, come on, guys. Come on. And I know it's a big park, and it's impossible to get all the spot, but Disney World can do it. Like, they get most of the trash. I've never seen a single photograph of Times Square and Disney in my life. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I've also never I was, seen a I thought that, that her father would have dug up, like, a park map. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Or a, like, a DVD copy of the original Westworld movie. Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> Or like That'd one of those cool. like ride pictures and somebody's like, ah, and they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, or a pamphlet that says what to do when your daughter's a host. <laughs> <laughs> I think my daughter's a host. <gasps> oh, gosh. Then they give him the. Uh, the yeah. From uh, <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and the last thing, I know Casey's the only one that actually saw the movie, but Casey, in your opinion, is this a sequel or a reboot? It's a it's a reboot. Are you sure? Uh I mean the computers are better. <laughs> like I should sure. say, are you sure? <laughs> Casey freaks am out. I, am I sure? No. Um would I care if it was? Not really. There's yeah. you know, for as cool as as Westworld the nineteen seventy three film is, mm-hmm. uh it wasn't really enough to carry it as a franchise. I mean, they made one really shitty sequel, and that was pretty much all she wrote. And then Crichton just recycled all the ideas and added dinosaurs, and then Jurassic Park became a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's really the same idea. You go to an amusement park to see wonders of a time long past. Um, you know, everything goes to hell in short order because you're dealing with forces you can't control. You know, but good for him though, making millions and millions of dollars on the same idea twice. <laughs> and he had the balls to direct his own movie the first time. Yeah, hmm. so ballsy. But I mean, I think the original is worth watching. Just, I guess, as an appreciation of when it was made, the special effects are actually halfway decent. Um, I don't know how they did the thing with the robot eyes in that one, but they look really creepy. It's real hmm. good. Um, but I don't know. I mean. Having seen this, it takes everything the movie is and just adds more. And cool. it's really right good. And with that glowing recommendation from Casey, that brings us to the over the one hour mark, which means it's time for my secret question. And we're wrapping it up fast tonight, folks. Greg's secret question, would you have sex with a robot? That's not a secret <laughs> question. Unanimously, 
Yes. We all voted yes. <laughs> that's that's god damn it. Let me yep. at least debut the new jingle, Casey. God. <laughs> all right, here it goes. Well, fine. That's wonderful. That's magical. That was certainly a jingle I definitely heard. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear that in post. Oh, man. So, (laughs) this week, as we talked about uh, HBO's Westworld. Not Westwood, as I keep on calling it. Westworld. Um, A great science fiction tale. Just the classic themes of what makes a human a human. A lot of mystery, intrigue, everything like that. We touched upon lightly, which I'm glad it was only lightly is the music in this, the anachronistic songs played on the player piano really helps set the tone and the mood for this show. My secret question for you guys this week is, if there is one song you can hear that player piano play, what would it be? And let's start with Casey. You always start with me. I know, Uh, it's great. I love it. So good. You never have an answer. Uh, Wow. I'm going to go with... uh... You know, I listen to enough postmodern jukebox where I've heard so many modern <laughs> modern hits played on a piano. <laughs> I, I appreciate the novelty even more. Um, I'm going to go with Britney Spears' Toxic. Oh. That would actually be a cool action scene. Yeah. Nickel Creek. There's a, a folk band called Nickel Creek that does an amazing cover of that song. But I think it would be something really creepy. Now, now I've got Now I've got to check it out. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason, what about you? Smash Mouth uh, All Star. Oh. Damn it! <laughs> yep. Uh, or any DMX. Both of their answers. Any DMX. <laughs> it would be Smash Mouth All Star, and it would be following Teddy throughout a scene or a montage of him just dying over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, I'm just gonna say it because it's like. This is like way too late in the game to be making this reference, but uh, Psy Gangnam Style. Oh, a very interesting one. Oh, what about PAPP or PPAP? Definitely passes its prime. <laughs> um, I don't even have an answer to my own secret question. There's so <gasps> many. Dare yeah, I know. I know. Just this pick happens, anything. Happens rarely. You're gonna pick have anything. Pick anything. anything. Quick. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think Good Vibrations would be a pretty good one to throw in there. <laughs> Who doesn't love a little good vibrations? And that could actually be like a really twisted scene too, with the way that song. (laughs) Yeah, that could. That'd be really, really cool. And now, like, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna go and post, and I'm gonna be like, "Fuck! I should have said this one thing." And I'm gonna change it. You're gonna, you're just gonna edit it like real light and post. It's like not good vibrations. Feel the vibrations. Instead of Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, we get some Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. There it is. Oh man. Or um. Boys of Summer would probably be a good one, too. Mm. Right? Yeah. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be half bad. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyways, that's all the time we have for tonight. That has been issue number 74 of the Bad Cody Fucky podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing over on iTunes and throwing us a rating and uh, some some good feedback. If you haven't done that, you should, because it's a good thing to do. Uh, we do this each and every Thursday night live with video, which is great, over at twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday nights. You can also, also follow us on Twitter at badcoyotefunky. Uh, and on the Insta hams for all your instant ham, as Sergio likes to put it. Um, tonight joining us, we had TV's Casey. Hey. 
And you can follow TV's Casey over at, at TV's Casey's on Twitter. So good stuff. He's got musings of comics and such like that. It's great. And uh, random thoughts. Uh, we have Jay's Mac. Hey. And um, I forget your Twitter handle, Jay's oh, Mac. You got to. Jay's Mac. Yeah. Underscore Jay's Mac underscore. Yeah. Um, and then just at Jay's Mac everywhere else. Nice. Nice. Uh, Doc Chris. Whoa. What, what was that? I don't understand. I don't know. Nothing else was say something, <laughs> and then I, I backed out of it, so I went with whoa. I whoa was like, a, was my tag off? I thought it was a Keanu Reeves reference. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> even talked about Keanu Reeves whoa. at all. Whoa! I miss him. Um, and where can people find you, <laughs> good old Doc Chris? Uh, you can find me at at Nortelius at N O R T E L L I U S everywhere, everywhere on the internet, everywhere. Literally, just just type it in, and you'll get him. It's crazy. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I'm Booster Greg. Uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. You can find us, find me over at, at Booster Greg or at twitch.tv slash Booster Greg for bedtime stories each and every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes 10 p.m., sometimes 11. It's great. Just tune in either of those times and you'll find me. Guys, thanks again. Wait, 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 wait. See- Hold on a second. What? Next week is issue number 75. Tell 75. the people what we're doing. What are we doing? I forget what we're doing. I haven't oh. looked at it. I, I do. Know. I do know what we're doing. We're doing Doctor Strange. Comic That's book club, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some comic book club. Yeah, comic it's gonna be great. Club. We're yeah. gonna all read comics again and talk about it. It's gonna be. You awesome. know, I can't read. <laughs> Jason's gonna have to read it to me. <laughs> I, I'll get. I'll get Anthony Hopkins to come over back, and read buddy. it to you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good night, guys. <laughs>